And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome. I'm Tom Laurie, and I'll be your host today. Thank you for joining us. Today, our guest mentor is MacArthur Genius Award winner, Dr. Joseph Marshall Jr. He is an American author, lecturer, radio talk show host, and community anti-violence activist. Saving kids is Joe Marshall's business. Taking kids from jail to college is his goal. Joe, it is an honor, an absolute honor to have you join me today. And I will tell the audience, he's got a great book called Street Soldiers, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And we will post that uh, uh, to our website after the show so you can get it as part of the show notes. So let's start a little bit. You started out as an underpaid school teacher and life changed. Let's talk a little bit about what the catalyst for that life change was and and the direction it took you. Uh, I think most school teachers are underpaid, so I was I wasn't any different than any, any of the others in the profession. I actually uh, walked out of college into a uh, uh, classroom. I was going to be a lawyer, but uh, uh, I missed the law school exam, and they found out back at my university, the University of San Francisco. <laughs> I was so notorious i won't say well known but i was notorious because i was a student activist on campus and the dean of the school of education said to me well maybe it wasn't meant for you to be a lawyer why don't you be a teacher you can always go to law school so i uh got into a special program summer program um was did not have a student teacher was thrust directly into the classroom uh here in the inner city Uh, i'm located in san francisco and uh, I taught high school seniors, and I was only 22, and they were 17. So I just, I looked as young as they did, or wow. younger, and uh, uh, quickly fell in love with it. Uh, teaching, I loved it, really did, and just never went to law school, and uh, became an educator for 25 years. Uh, middle school math was my biggest tenure, 18 years of that, but I was also an assistant principal. Um, I always say that the most important jobs in the world are parent first, teacher second. <laughs> and uh, so that was my, I loved it. I really loved it. Um, yeah, that's what I did for my career. Um, but then you saw something. Yeah. Yeah. I was a pretty demanding old school taskmasking teacher. A lot of homework. Um, you know, you didn't mess around in my classroom. And the kids responded to it. They really did. They you know, they got A's and B's in my math class. I remember teaching an algebra class in the seventh grade. And, uh, you know, I knew if the kids could survive me, <laughs> they weren't going to have any more demanding instructor than I was. And when they went to high school, they would do well. And, you know, they had a, certainly a college career was in the offing if that's what they wanted. But something happened to the kids that I taught. I began to get horror stories about uh, even my best students, they ended up uh, on drugs, selling drugs, uh, being involved in gangs. Young ladies uh, ended up being pregnant. Um, and so it really disturbed me. I, I went to the funerals of some of my former students, and I was just baffled as to what was going on. And so uh, I realized that being a good teacher wasn't enough. So I wanted to find a way to keep them connected to me. Um, you know how teachers are. You see your teacher five years later at the mall, you you run into them. But I wanted to keep them close, and my way of keeping them close was to start this club, uh, an organization, and ask them to stick with it. It was a very different organization. It was a violence prevention organization. I asked them not to be involved with gangs or drugs uh, or any of those things that were imperiling, imperiling their life and freedom. And uh, they actually said yes. 
the conditions where they had to tell me everything that was going on in their life. And that then became the um, beginning of what we at that time, I call it Omega Boys Club, uh, is now called Alive and Free. Uh, and my goal was to keep them alive, unharmed by violence, and free from incarceration. Um, I made a commitment that if they could stick with this, because I'll tell you how it sounded very square to me, because we weren't going to do sports, we weren't going to do, you know, recreational activities, uh, maybe a little bit here and there, but the main thing, what we call these family meetings, where they just told me what was going on, and together we would figure it out. So uh, when they said yes to this, I said, there's something I want to do for you, if you can stick with this, and when you graduate from high school or get your GED, you pick the college and uh, I'll find the money. Um, this goes back to your first statement. I always say that was a dumb thing to say because, yes, I was an underpaid uh, public school teacher and I didn't have any money. So to make a commitment like that to help young people not only get into college, but to help pay for their college education was um, a pretty crazy thing to say there. You've heard the saying, God takes care of uh, babies and fools. I wasn't a baby, but that was very <laughs> foolish. But I have been taken care of all of these years, and it's been a tremendous success story with the young people that I've worked with now for now 35 years. So let's roll forward real quick, and we'll kind of talk. Uh, it's not the end of the story, but we'll tell some people. How many kids have, uh, under your uh, part of your program and everything, have gone on to junior college, college, uh, you know, from the streets, from jails on forward. Then we're going to come back and tell more of the story, but let's let the audience know a little bit about the success of this program. Well, I'm getting a lot of pictures right now. I got seven college graduates this year, which takes the number to 262. <laughs> um, and uh, you name the school and they've been there. Uh, I always let them pick the college. I give them advice, of course, about making good choices based on everything from finances to, you know, careers. But uh, yeah, and, and, you know, we've been able to come up with money. Uh, we don't fund the entire, all of their funding, but we give them a considerable portion. And uh, it's, it's a combination of uh, financial aid, uh, what parents can provide, which sometimes is not very much and sometimes nothing at all, and, and our program. So, you know, we got to stand from the jailhouse to the schoolhouse. A lot of our young people have, you know, were literally uh, in juvenile hall or uh, and we've been able to move them through and into uh, and through college. So it's, it's it's been pretty spectacular. We got a 90 percent. Let me let me put it this way. We have a 90 percent college graduation rate. Ninety percent. Wow. That's something. Um, tell us just quickly. You have a co-founder, Jack Jaqua. Yeah. How did you meet him? And is he, I, I don't know, is he still around and involved? Jack and I are two peas in a pot. We look nothing alike. <laughs> I'm black, he's white. <laughs> uh, we dress completely different. Uh, there's a joke. They call Jack Uncle Jack, and they call me Dad. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the dad. But yes, we met at the middle school, literally at the middle school. He was a... Uh, teaching paraprofessional. I was a math teacher and we bonded over working with these young people. Jack is still with me to this very day. I always say uh, our our union, our, our partnership has lasted longer than most marriages. So <laughs> <laughs> we've been together from day one and still do it, uh, still together right now. Well, we're going to come back in a few minutes. Uh, I've got to take a break. We're with Omega Boys Club co-founder and MacArthur Genius Award winner, Joseph Doc Marshall. His life mission has been to keep young people alive and free, unharmed by violence and free from incarceration. The Mentors is now in its fifth years. Don't miss any shows. Go to our website, The Mentors Radio, or your favorite podcast platform and register for future shows. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of the Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. 
Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com and mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie. Today, I'm with Joseph Doc Marshall, Jr., and we're talking about his struggle to save a generation one life at a time. Remember, you can also listen to the show or any previous show via podcast and iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device, anytime. Subscribe at thementorsradio.com. So when we left the last segment, we're talking about Jack. So you two got together and I, you know, I'm in the world of uh, startups and entrepreneurialism and all of that. And you're an entrepreneur. Uh, you go in, you start this club. It's like a blank canvas. There's no rule book. There's no cookbook. So how did, how did it go in the beginning for an entrepreneur and some extremely important uh, endeavor like this? And let me add, and no money. (laughs) And no money. That's how startups are. We never start with money. (laughs) (laughs) So we were definitely a startup in the, in the, in the, uh, in the nonprofit sense. Uh, All we wanted to do, to be honest with you, we just wanted to meet with the kids uh, every week when we met once a week and have these conversations with them. And and our biggest joy and our biggest goal was making those meetings happen every week. Um, I remember the first time we did it, we sent a bunch of postcards out to the young people and asked them that they wanted to be part of this. And, uh, you know, 30 of them showed up and next week 15 came back and then, you know, they brought all their friends and that's all we did. We just kept meeting and meeting and meeting and they would tell us what was going on. And we took together, we, collectively you know as a group guided by the adults there uh help figure it out uh and it was important for us because with the work that we we're in and all the violence that was swirling around them to 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 you know our biggest thing was just seeing them every week tuesdays is our night so seeing them every tuesday was a was was, was a joy uh as we began as they got to be seniors and graduated from high school then became the challenge of, oh, you think you said you really meant that you can help us go to college? So <laughs> that became the challenge then, then of getting them into school uh, and then finding the money for them to go to school. And, and that was the, the next level. Um, uh, it, 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 it was almost, I, I can just say, it, it, I, I, the commitment was there and uh, we, we, we found some money. Uh, uh, some, a TV station here did a big, fundraising thing for us we sent the kids on a tour of historical black colleges and, and they went off to school and and they came home and they he was like, he really sent you to college they really sent you to college and so that that the belief was established with young people if you do the right thing if you do the right thing uh, good things will come to you and if you're willing to do right people are willing to help you and that started the you know the ball rolling here and a first college graduate <clears throat> was in 1993 a girl from San Francisco State. The second college graduate was in 1994, a boy from uh, who went to Morris Brown College, and he was the jailhouse to the schoolhouse story 
So when the proof started coming in, we just started to get more kids and more publicity and people started giving us more money. And uh, it's a real, I call it a miracle because it wasn't supposed to happen that way. And you're the miracle worker. This is Tom Laurie. You are listening to the Mentors Radio Show. Today we're talking with Dr. Joe Marshall, author of Street Soldiers. You talked about historical black colleges And in your book, you talk about the importance of the writings of Malcolm X and also the autobiography of Malcolm X. And, you know, I we did the uh, prep last week. I told you I was just this poor Irish kid from Chicago and I went on to Notre Dame and they had a course there called Irish history. So knowing our history was important. Talk a little bit about that with the black kids uh, that you're dealing with and how important the history is. It's everything. It was everything for me. And I, I, I went to great, great uh, college prep high schools. I'm a Jesuit trained uh, young man. Uh, you know, I went to Jesuit high school. Uh, I went to Catholic Jesuit college. Uh, but I learned nothing about, I mean, I got re-education, but I learned nothing about me, my history, my culture. It just wasn't taught. There wasn't an Irish uh, <laughs> history class, even in my college. And so, uh, you know, reading the autobiography of Malcolm X explained a lot for me, explained everything, really. Why my neighborhood, I grew up in, in Los Angeles, why it was the way it was, uh, why the young people who were, who were colleagues of mine uh, got into the issues and the thing, the troubles that they got into, how this was all sort of historically created. Uh I, and actually, the more I read, I would say, well, why did why why didn't I teach this? Why why didn't I learn this? Why didn't I learn anything about Black history or Black culture? It was nothing. Uh, and here I was, then becoming a teacher, and uh, I had to start my own class with the young people, Black history class in high school. Uh, the best way for me to put it, your sense of self, your sense of purpose as a is is you just don't have that if you don't have a sense of your history and culture and american history i'm sure well, i hope a lot of people understand just does not teach the complete picture of, of uh what happened to uh, black americans in this country one thing i always tell the people it doesn't begin with slavery uh, i'm not the descendant of a slave i'm a descendant of a free people who were captured and enslaved and that's a whole different perspective on things. So uh, Black people's history does not begin with slavery. Uh, and they were not, uh, they were enslaved people who were captured. And so going back and finding out what it was like before is very important. And uh, I mean, I could give you a whole history course if you want, I don't have time to do that. But the importance is huge. It makes the young people and myself, uh, you know, uh, really believe that the uh, you know, you you are special, you are brilliant, and it is important to you as a human being. Well, there's a number of uh, very famous Black writers that I follow, and they talk a lot about the Black family up until the 60s, and how strong it was, and all the the businesses they ran and everything else. So, I mean, you're, then we've got this period of the 60s and the 70s or whatever, but I I really uh, can understand for all of us to know our history. It's so important. And unfortunately, you got people uh, trying to uh, get in the way of us learning about our history. But I'm all now you you said also that what you show the kids is how blackness and responsibility go together. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. They actually go together. Um, And and, and, what I know is the entire parameter of the history. I mean, black history is like the stock market in this country. I can show the ups and the downs and and everything. And uh, absolutely, uh, when you know that, it, it gives you such a sense of pride. And one thing about Malcolm X, he was really about a sense of pride. And so, yeah, oh, maybe you take responsibility for yourself, for your families. Uh, but there are always things trying to pull you away from that. And that's the, that's the problem with, with, with particularly living here is that there is always a pull against you, even as you're trying to move forward. I always say being black in America is, is, is you're swimming upstream all the time. You're always swimming upstream because there were laws made and things uh, designed purposely to keep you down. 
And so you have to be navigate that stream. You have to become a good swimmer. If you don't become a good swimmer, you weren't, you're going to drown. And so a lot of my young people never became good swimmers. I was fortunate to be able to come one and, and, and have the success I've had. But that's why I realized a lot of people were drowning because they just didn't know what I knew and wasn't able to navigate like I was able to. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about swimming and the Marshall Plan and risk factors. And we'll be right back with Omega Boys Club co-founder and MacArthur Genius Award winner, Joseph Doc Marshall. His life's mission has been to keep young people alive and free, unharmed by violence and free from incarceration. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially nonprofits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at KML-PC.com. That's KML-PC.com. KML-PC.com and mention The Mentors. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Joseph Doc Marshall, Jr., and we're talking about his struggle to save a generation, one life at a time. If you've tuned in later and want to make sure you do not miss future shows, go to our website or your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to The Mentors Radio. So we were talking about um, things that pull away from yeah. being responsible. And I know you've got, well, two things. Number one, I, if, going back and doing my homework, you and Jack were thrown into this. You got going and you learned a lot and you came up and this comes back to the pull, the risk factors. Let's talk about those risk factors. What gets in the way of these kids? And, and you also mentioned that you've learned that these kids really want a way out. They just don't know how to get out. And what you're doing is helping them find that way. So let's talk a little bit about those risk factors. Well, 
young people get involved in and I think a lot of people do, but I'm losing the clientele that I work with. They get involved in 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 violent activities because they think it's actually a way to survive. They really do. They they got involved and let me just say this. When I started this thing, it was in the midst of the the, the crack cocaine era, uh, the the mandatory minimum sentencing that went that accompanied that, and and the, the hundred to one disparity between crack and powder cocaine. But all the kids saw was the money, and you know they you know coming from tough family situations, the money was the lure, and they got into that. So uh, there were all, you know they were good kids, good kids. But the money that they saw, uh, that they felt they needed, that would help them survive, is what drew them into that. Um, and so they get involved in a lot of risk-taking activities that they don't think are risk-taking because they're necessary for survival. So, I mean, the, the language that they use is, 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 is actually a risk factor. There's actually a language associated with violent behavior. Um, uh, you know, being involved with alcohol and drugs and guns. It's like a, it's a concoction. If you put it all, like all these risk factors together, uh, peer pressure, which we call fearship, is a huge risk factor for them, the friends they associate with. Uh, material values being number one is a huge risk factor. All those are risk factors that they think are just part of the, what they got to do. They, uh, how, how, how they say, they, this is what I got to do to survive. I got to do what I got to do. Uh, the way they, you know, negative view of women is a huge risk factor, uh, which is actually a worldwide risk factor. That's nothing, you know, that's, that's not a new thing. Uh, women have always been undervalued throughout history. Um, you put all these things, their attitude is a risk factor. So these are all risk-taking behaviors that they carrying a gun is a risk-taking behavior. But they thought, hey, that's, I mean, this is what I got to do to survive. So I understand why they have this mindset, but the mindset does not lead to what they're actually trying to get, which is a good life. It doesn't work. It's been misnamed. So they're not actually learning how to survive. They're learning, they're learning how to die and go to prison. Even when I say that the first time, when they get, well, is it working? Uh, no, but that's what I got to do. No, you can do something different. So it's, it's like a, uh, a tug of war. It's a tug of war between me, who's trying to give them what they really want, <laughs> and them who believe that their way of doing things uh, is going to give them what they desire, but it's a disaster. There's no way it's going to work. And so that tug of war is always is always going on when I first encounter them, try to change that mindset and show them how, look, this is how you can get what you what you really, really want to do. And I only don't do it in person. I do it on the radio. I have a long-standing radio show here that folks listen to me. The book that you talked about helps establish it the documentary Street Soldiers. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to stop the violence. Stop the violence. That's my goal. But it's a mindset that I'm dealing with. And you and Jack, uh, do these kids, when they come into the club, do they have to make some kind of a contract with you that they're not going to do certain things? How does that work out? So as they're coming in, there's some expectation of what they will and will not do. Uh, sort of, you know how it is the church come as you are we want the sinners and we want those who haven't sinned so they would stop them from sinning that's a, that, that's a stretch but no they just come in and be there and you know uh, I mean it, I guess the, the bottom line is you know uh, please honor what we're doing here uh, please very be considerate uh, we get some pretty tough apples they come in here you can imagine uh, sometimes they're sitting next to the enemy that they perceive to be the enemy who, you know, from across, this, across the, you know, different neighborhoods or in, in different gangs. Uh, but they've always been very, they've always been very respectful of, of, of what, uh, what we, what we're trying to do, uh, whether it be in person or, you know, on the radio, uh, people seem to, wow, these guys are really, really trying to do something very noble for us. Um, that takes time. But no, there's no, there are no, no, no set rules other than uh, please honor what we're trying to do here. And if there's a problem, let us know. So we've never really had any shootings. You know, I think there was one fight in 35 years and that was some outsiders that came in. But the, you, you would be surprised that inside 
the, a lot of these young people, there's really a lot of uh, decency there. It's just been uh, uh, piled on by all this other stuff that uh, that, that they they've been listening to and b- believing in. Yeah, we're gonna we will in our show notes. We'll put a link in there for your uh, radio broadcast and your podcast and all the materials, so people that want to learn more, they can go to that. We also will put up uh, links to some of the videos on street soldiers. So people can see that as well. Uh, And a third of these people, these aren't just guys, are they? That come in? No, no. We started out with Omega Boys Club, which is why we changed it to Alive and Free because we got, we have girls and uh, actually the big issue with the girls, we get girls that are involved with some of that activity, but mostly the biggest issue with the girls are the guys that they're associated with. So, (laughs) you know, developing their own sense of self-worth and getting them to believe in themselves and 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 I mean we're a family. We're a family. So even though I initially Jack and I initially wanted to do to, to, to work with young men, uh we have you know young 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 women and young men in our families. So that was the best decision you know we ever made to uh, work with the young men and young women together and uh because you know we are a family. We are families. And it's uh known to some of us that you and Jack shadow some of these people, right? Let me put it this way. We're their, we are their family. <laughs> when you're somebody's family, there's nothing that you don't do. So I got a bunch of numbers in my cell phone. You know, I drove them, I drive them. I, Jack and I drive them home at, you know, in the evening after the meetings, I call them at school. Uh, all the staff here, Mrs. Stell, uh, yeah, yeah, we're family. We become their family. Uh, sometimes it's their first family. You can imagine it's their second family. But uh, there's nothing that we don't do for these young people when it comes to trying to keep them alive and free. We're and pretty imagine, tough. And, and we're pretty tough on them. You believe that. <laughs> and I imagine part of it, as I was reading and learning more about it, is that what you're doing is you're dealing with kids that they've never had anyone that really gave a damn about them. Uh, and that, and I got to believe that there's a whole big thing about gaining trust from one another, right? Absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of them come from tough family situations. Just for the fact that they say Dr. Marshall's my dad, that says a lot because a lot of them, you know, didn't have fathers. And so, yes, absolutely. To them to believe in us uh, is huge. But I think young people really do want to believe. They really want to believe. And if you you can hang in there with them, Eventually, you win them over. All right. We're going to cut the break again. We're going to be right back with the Mega Boys Club co-founder, Joseph Doc Marshall, and his mission to keep young people alive and free. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org, oathbook.org. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have my pillow back as a sponsor. All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the U.S. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. 
Our radio host, Tom, and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code mentors. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. And now back to the mentors where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Joseph Doc Marshall, and we're talking about his struggle to shave a, save a generation one life at a time. This uh, concept about the family, I, I, one of the things is that I, I remember a quote in your book that just really struck me, and it was, I, I have a daddy, but I don't have a father. Mm-hmm. I think that is what you're saying. It's the father is more expansive than just being a biological dad it's much more and what you're doing is being offering uh fathership if you will you also talk about what was it um there's another ship that you i'll come i'll come back to that in a second there's another but let's talk about the marshall plan so you've learned all of this they're in there you've gained their trust what's the marshall plan well I just want them to stay alive and free. That's my plan. I want them to uh, uh, be part of the solution and not part of the problem. I don't want to harm themselves or harm their community. I want them to live lives that, you, you, you know, how I'm, when, when a young person is born, what are the first thing their, their parents always say to them? When my, when my son grows up, when my daughter grows up, my baby's going to be, right? And then when a, a person is young, you ask them what they want to be, they're going to be, you know, whatever aspiration that they see. I want all that to come true for them. It's that simple. Um, and this is a way of steering them past all the traps that they face that they don't think are traps. I mean, they literally think that this stuff is going to help them. They really do because of the way it's packaged. And, uh, you know, decoding that and saying, no, it's not going to work. And uh, I'm, I, I, it's hard for me to overstate this. These are all wonderful, genuine, kind young people that you see on the news that are getting into all this trouble and doing all these things. It's just that they've been poisoned, I, I like to say infected, with a mindset uh, that they are uh, obviously just benefit them or any benefit anybody else. Behind every one of these, you know, these folks that you see is a drug dealer or every one of them is a CEO. And being able, I mean, uh, uh, you know, and, and be, being able to to help them uh, decode all of this and become uh, the person that they can be and be an attribute, you know, uh, to themselves and to their families and to society is 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 wonderful. And to keep young people who are doing on the straight and narrow from getting caught up in those situations. And so, developing this Marshall Plan, which we now call the Alive and Free Prescription. Uh, has been wonderful and be able to teach it to other people and other communities uh, as far away as South Africa, you know, and, and, and be able to, because there's violence over there, be able to teach us and give it to them so they can help young people where they are. I'm off to San Diego tonight uh, to, to work with people down there. I just got back from South Bend, Indiana, Seattle. We all want to help these young people stay alive and free and stop the violence. And so the Marshall Plan is now the Alive and Free Prescription and that is what we teach anyone that works with young people. And if they wanted to see the Marshall Plan or the Alive and Free Plan, is that on the website or is that – where would they find that? Oh, they find it on the website. It's okay. on the website, uh, stayaliveandfree.org. It's on the website, stayaliveandfree.org. If they want to get the book, they can get the book uh, through the website. Uh, there's a ton of information there. And if they want to reach me, that's great. I mean, you know, people privately, I tell you, think I'm crazy for trying to undo the, uh, undertake this. But when you, when you win, when you win with a young person and you keep them alive and you keep them free and you make them part of the solution and not part of the problem, when you stop them from hurting other people, uh, that is a huge, huge win for everyone. Uh, we have a lot of smiles, a lot of joy, a lot of laughter around here because uh, they are not involved in those activities. Uh, 
and because they live a lifestyle and a, a lifestyle we call an alive and free lifestyle that preclude recruits them from from engaging in violence i know it's tough for people to hear but uh, or get or even believe but it's true and uh, we see it all the time um and you know I'm, I'm happy to share this with anyone because we want to stop the violence everywhere now when you and i talked last week uh one of the things i read the book as you know and i'll tell people it's a book you can't put down except <laughs> you'll get to points where you'll want to put it down it is uh raw and it tells everything but it is incredible uh book you can't put down but as i went through it I, I while the inner city has some really complex issues and all of that uh joe and i were talking about how this really is out everywhere in a yep. lot of different areas in the country and it's not just around the black, world. not black inner city it's everywhere it's everywhere the violence is everywhere i mean you got you know school shooters they aren't black uh i mean it, violence is a historical and it's a worldwide what i call a disease and so uh we think we have a prescription and a cure for this and uh, our clientele happens to be you know young people from the inner city but it'll work with anybody anywhere. It, it, I tell you, this will this will work with nations and governments if, in fact, they're interested in it. But you know, they're interested in a different thing. They're interested in power and control. Uh, our young people are not interested in that. They're interested in uh, staying alive, staying in free, and being the best people that they can be. But you're absolutely right, sir. This is not. That just happens to be the clientele that I work with. But occasionally. I will get other places and they say, you need to stay here with us because we need to know this information. And uh, you, you don't do this alone. You've got a, a, some, you've had some pretty important people. Jack is one. And then I know early days you had Martha Norris. And then I don't know if Willis Thompson is still involved. And then, uh, and Willis Thompson, as I remember, was a ex-convict, right? And he came in and donated his time. I don't know if, is he still involved? Who is that? Uh, Willis Thompson. That, that wasn't one of them. That wasn't one of them. That wasn't one of them. Our key people early on were uh, Coach Wilbur Jiggets, Coach Wilbur Jiggets, Margaret Norris, who was the mom. Coach was the grandfather. This is the family structure we had. I was the dad, and Jack was the uncle. Uh, when Miss Norris left, came the gifted uh, Miss Deborah Stell. We call her uh, Miss Stell around here. Uh, we have a great team. Uh, Mr. Mitra, and it's not, it, we just have a lot of people, uh, Ms. Patterson, who are involved in working with these young people. Uh, and I can't say enough about our staff uh, that play the family role with these young people uh, in order to guide them to where uh, they want to get to and where, the, where we believe they can be. Coach Wilbur Jiggins, the grandfather, was a tower with us, and people actually believe he's still alive because <laughs> all the sayings he left with us as any grandfather, ancestral person would do, make people think he's still here. So it is definitely a team approach. I just happen to be the boss to make it all work. But, you know, it is, it, it, the great thing is that it works. I can't wait to see the kids this week. I can't wait to get on a radio show again this week to give this information out. I can't wait to move on to the next venue to teach people wherever how to keep young people alive and free, unharmed by violence and free from incarceration. Well, great. We're going to come right back uh, with Omega Boys Club co-founder and MacArthur Genius Award winner, uh, Joseph Doc Marshall. You'll find all of our show notes and links at TheMentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Nauer. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to Balance 6, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. 
But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. It's Karen, executive producer of The Mentors Radio, and we're thrilled to have My Pillow back as a sponsor. All of us here are huge fans of Mike Lindell's products. When I got fed up with the chemical smell of other pillows, I figured my pillows made in the US. I'll give them a try. That was years ago. Now I own six pillows. I use their cotton towels, their 100% Giza cotton bed sheets, and I give them away as Christmas gifts. Every product has exceptional quality and attention to detail. Towels are thick, absorbent. Sheets are soft, smooth, high thread count. Our radio host, Tom, and everyone we know who's tried these products has the same experience. Use our code MENTORS to get a 60-day money-back guarantee and up to 60% discount. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash mentors. You must include the code MENTORS. That's MyPillow.com forward slash mentors or click the banner on our website. Are you a small to mid-sized business looking for a tax, accounting, or CFO-level advisor to handle or guide your company's financial decisions? Consider KMLPC. KMLPC excels in creating easy-to-use, customized financial systems for small to mid-sized entrepreneurs and companies, especially non Profits. KMLPC supports and protects their clients' vital interests, offering a wide range of accounting and bookkeeping services in addition to CFO guidance. They prioritize digital integration and their exceptional staff will make your life and even taxes so much easier. Their client list is a who's who of nonprofits and entrepreneurs, clients who've stayed with them for years and won't go anywhere else. So if you need financial or tax help for your business or nonprofit, contact KMLPC today at kml-pc.com. That's kml-pc.com. kml-pc.com. And mention the mentors. And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is your host, Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Joseph Doc Marshall who has devoted his life to mentoring black youth to keep them alive and free, unharmed by violence and free from incarceration. So in this last segment, let's learn a little bit more um, about you, not your history, but I'm curious, what do you do to take care of yourself? I'm one of those people that really love doing what I do. So um, it's not a job for me. It's sometimes it's taxing, but, but I, uh, yeah, I I always feel I'm stealing. I get more out of it than people think. So uh, taking care of myself, I, you know, working out at the gym. I love I love exercise and working out at the gym. I got a hobby. I taught myself how to play the piano. I love doing that. You know, I write my my write music, and that's a creative part of me. Uh, but really, time the, the the best part of it is just we're doing this work. This work is a calling, and being able to do your calling is is, is wonderful. So, um, you know, I, I I'm smiling right now because I'm telling you, it's a joy in doing and being a servant. Uh, it really is a joy in being a servant. Martin Luther King talked about uh, how important it is to serve, and so there's a joy in that. And you know, I take time out for those other things, and I do that so I can keep doing this. So. I want to keep my own health and my own sanity moving forward, and that, yeah, that's that. That's how I, that. Those are the two things I can think of. And do you have anything you do in particular in your spare time? I know. You- at, well, well, let's see. If I got some spare time tonight, I'll probably be at the piano. You know, composing. I'm a big jazz lover, big R&B lover, uh, love music. Um, so yeah, that's probably what I spend most of, um, if you want to say, spare time doing that, and uh, and you know, and working out, and that's a lot of fun. That keeps it fills my soul, fills my spirit. And what is it that you like to read? Read? Oh God, anything? History? Nonfiction? A lot of history. Read a lot of history, obviously, to learn all, learn all that I have learned. Um, and uh, don't do a lot of. TV watching, you know, not a lot, 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 not a lot of stuff on there. Not a lot of stuff, like movies, that kind of thing. But, but uh, most of my stuff is connected to what I do here, um, you know, and trying to help 
help the young people. So um, I probably need to do more of that other stuff, <laughs> but uh, the balance is good. Let's put it like that. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about your biological family. Oh, wow. Your, your children and your wife and... Wow, 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 wow. Well, let me just say, first of all, let me talk about my mom and my dad. I'm the oldest of nine, eight brothers. And, I have eight brothers and sisters, uh, and uh, two of whom are deceased. Uh, great parents had my parents their whole life until they both passed away recently. They, recent four, I lost my mother and my father in the last five years, but they were 97 and 94, so I had a great run with them. I have three children of my own um, who were, uh, you know, all college. Well, one went to Howard University. The other is a professor at Cal who uh, went to Stanford. And uh, my son works with me in this business. He works with me. He runs a community newspaper in Richmond, California. So got great kids. They're all doing well. And so I understand the importance of family. And definitely, I always say I'm just a father and a teacher. And that's all I've ever been to the young people who are biologically mine and not biologically mine. So that's how this whole thing works. It's really easy to do this because this is what I know how to do best. I just extend it to other young people. And with all the people you've met, regardless of their ethnic background, uh, color, whatever, what's the one thing that you found that separates those from who are truly happy from those that are not? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, it's a human thing. And I think as I travel around the world and talk to people, uh, we all want to we all want to do well. We all really want to 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 just just be good people. That's all I say. Nothing wrong with being good. Nothing wrong with being. It feels good being good. And when you get there, there's a bond that we all can connect with. Uh, it feels good to be good. Just be a good person. I think it's the most important thing I would say to anybody. Well, that's it. We're going to have to wrap it up. Thank you very much for your time today. We've been uh, with Omega Boys Club co-founder and MacArthur Genius Award winner, Joseph Doc Marshall. Joe, thank you very much for your time and telling us a lot about your work. And I recommend Street Soldiers for everybody, and we'll put it up on the website. Remember, if you tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by downloading podcasts by going to our website, www.thementorsradio.com. When you're there, make it easy for yourself and subscribe to future shows. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next weekend at this time for the next edition of the Mentors Radio Show. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.